Real Talk with Grace Redman features conversations with fierce and fabulous people from Grace's community and circle who inspire others with their stories of overcoming challenges to create amazing. Grace is an entrepreneur and success coach who works with individuals to diminish their negative mental chatter, boost their confidence, achieve their goals, and increase their prosperity mindset. Get ready for a series of Anything Goes Conversations with remarkable men and women that will get you jazzed for life's unlimited possibilities of success, freedom, and fun. Welcome to Real Talk with Grace Redman. Hey loves, it's Grace Redman. Welcome to another episode of Real Talk where I have the pleasure to chat with some of the incredible people from my communities where we have real life, raw conversations about how they overcame challenges and created fabulous. Today, I'm super excited to have our guest, Noelle Bloom here with us. Noelle is an entrepreneur, published author, host of Bloom TV and founder of Live Fabulous. She helps people all around the world tap into their gifts and reach their wildest dreams through entrepreneurship. After a decade of researching the latest science behind living a happier life, working with industry leading experts in business and interviewing over 100 entrepreneurs, she has cracked the code for building a successful business, doing work you love while living an extraordinary life. She has appeared on Creative Live and her work has been published in Success, YFS Magazine, HuffPost, and Business Leader. Welcome, Noelle. Thank you so much, Grace. I'm super excited to be here with you. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here with you too, because as you know, I love all those topics. I love entrepreneurship, creating the fun and fabulous life. And I know we are going to have a blast here today with you because you're just an incredible soul. I was attracted to you from the moment I saw you. Your energy is incredible. So thank you for being here with us today. Thank you. Super excited. Yeah. So I was always, you know, I've always been fascinated um, by kind of self-development and self-growth and business. And I just wanted to kind of learn from you, like what motivated you to start your own business and get into entrepreneurship? Oh my goodness. Let's see, where do I start with that? So <laughs> um, I just had graduated from university and I always knew that I wanted to be a lawyer, you know, I knew from middle school, like I know I want to be an attorney. So I'm the type of person who knows exactly what she wants, how she wants it, how she's going to get it. And I have like a strategic step-by-step -step plan. I remember when I was, I think it was like what, probably ninth grade. And I already had like my 10 year plan. So that's, you know, I'm that type of person who's super crazy about planning. Mm -hmm. um, so after I got my uh, pre-law degree, um, there had been just something bubbling inside of me that just quite didn't sit right about going to law school. And at the time I was studying for the LSAT, um, just, you know, trucking along. I, I knew exactly what I should be doing, but, um, it came to a point to where I couldn't ignore that, you know, little voice inside of me that just knew that what I was doing was not in alignment with um, my true self and what I really wanted to create in life, the type of impact I wanted to have on people. So um, that's when I started to dig into entrepreneurship and how to start my own business. Um, and then after doing some research, I first started with, um, you know, the idea of being a life coach or some type of coach where I could impact, um, share my life experience, support people in living their best life. And that's really where it started. And um, 
there came a time in my life where I had to decide what was it going to be? Was I going to go to law school or was I going to do something that was unfamiliar, scary as hell Hell yeah! um, and, you know, start my business in that way. And I chose to take that leap because um, I realized that life's short, you know, and if I was going to be working hard towards something, it needs to be something that um, is fueled by um, fulfillment, excitement, joy, and of course, having an impact in people's lives. So that's when I, that's where my entrepreneurship journey took me. And um, I've been doing um, what I'm doing now since about 2012. Oh, wow. So what I love about this is you heard that you sensed, heard, felt that little voice inside of you. And you knew like, okay, something's out of alignment. When most of us, like we hear it, but we don't even, we, we don't listen or we think, you know, okay, this is wrong. I have to do, you know, I, I, this is what I should do. And what's so amazing is that you actually step back and you listen to that voice and you made the pivot. What do you think, like, what do you think actually made you stop and, and listen to the voice and know that you're out of alignment? Because many of us don't even know we're out of alignment. So what, so one thing that I noticed is that I started to feel um, just like sick. So not in like a sickly way, but just some anxiety. You, you know, I woke up feeling uncomfortable. I felt a lot of confusion and it was affecting my mood. And that's when I knew that, you know what, this is something that I need to pay attention to because I can only imagine how I would feel if I were to continue on this route. So, um, you know, for those of, of you watching, if you hear something, you feel something and it's starting to become louder and louder and louder to the point to where you can't ignore it anymore, um, that's a clear sign that um, something's out, an, out, of it, um, out of alignment and that we need to center ourselves and kind of get clear and ask, okay, what is this voice saying? How am I feeling? And um, what needs to change? So that's that's what I would say I was experiencing and what could help other people, you know, who know something's off. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that because you're right. It's like, there's a step, when, when we, we feel that way, we feel sick or something's not right. Um, that does mean something's off. And so, like I said, so often we ignore it. Like I know I've ignored it in my life. And then what happens is this big, you know, universal two by four comes, whoop, you know, bangs you over the head and then, then you have to pay attention and that can come in many ways, you know, um, mm -hmm. uh, losing a job, illness or, or whatever it is. And then that you have to make the change. Yes. So and it's inspiring how you, you, from the get, like you listen to your, to your body, to your spirit. And, and then I would also add that, um, <sighs> like in the beginning, I really didn't quite know why I was feeling this way. So it was sort of underneath what was going on, right? Like sometimes I would kind of be in a mood, but I didn't have the clarity and why I was feeling kind of strange. So it wasn't until I was, I started to journal and pay close attention to how I was feeling. And then that's when it's like, okay, this is something and I need to explore it. So oftentimes we can be feeling um, that uncomfortable you know, emotions or not just kind of feeling a little seasick, you know, but not really know what it is until we bring awareness to it. So I just want to mention that, um, that little piece there, because that's also key that so sometimes you may not know what's wrong until we look deeper, you know, lift up the hood and say, okay, what's going on here. 
And I love that you brought that up because you're right. Sometimes we know something's off, but we don't know what it is. And I also journal. And so a lot of times when I start writing, I'm like, holy shit. Oh, I had no idea like that this was what was bothering me. And another way, like when I also sit and, and tell me if this resonates with you, um, oftentimes, like when I sit in quiet just by myself, like, you know, light the candle and just sit in silence, I don't really even have to be meditating, just kind of sitting quietly, then the messages start to come. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is not going to work. And I need to make a change, mm -hmm. which is easier said than done. Of course, it's always easier said than done. Anytime we're making a change, in our life, especially when you have a plan and you have an idea of what you have, like what you thought would make you happier, um, what you felt like at one point would give you that fulfillment, the happiness, um, the feeling of feeling whole. Anytime that's disrupted by something, it's like, er, 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 you know, like the, the signals are going off. And so it could be a very scary time, uncomfortable time. But, you know, when you're, when you start to move into awareness, you can move into action. So that's the beauty. That's the beauty of that. Yes. And you just said, you know, the word is action. And oftentimes, I mean, again, being a recovering perfectionist, I'm a recovering many things, <laughs> um, you know, taking action, you know, sometimes there's fear, you know, not knowing the right action to take. And what I noticed is even if I took the smallest action, like doing a little bit of research, on whatever subject that I was interested in. And the same thing when I wanted to go into coaching, I didn't know where to start, um, but the, the simplest action that I took was just, I Googled life coaching and how it was amazing how things just started to flow and come to me. So the action doesn't have to be like just, you know, full force, it can be tiny, a tiny step. Mm, I love that you mentioned that. I love the quote um, that says, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Yeah. So, so when we get into alignment and we're ready, um, we can start to see, or, you know, just taking a little bit of that action. And then before you know it, you're, you find resources and things to help you along your way, but it all starts with that awareness and kind of poking around and being curious about the possibilities for whatever it is that you want to do. So yes. I love that you mentioned that. Yes. I love the word curious. I love the word curious because I make an effort to get curious in a, a lot of different ways. Because sometimes, like you said earlier, we really don't know what we want or which way we're going. But when we get curious, then we start discovering, you know, okay, I like this, I don't like this. Right. So, you know, on this journey, how did you know that you wanted to um, work with other entrepreneurs and help them create to live the fabulous? Because I love that. That's like a, a big thing for me. That's, you know, I'm like, let's create our fabulous life, people. Mm -hmm. So let's see. When I first started, I was, so I did a lot of experimentation, which I, which is what I recommend anyone do, especially if you're wanting to start a business and you don't have much experience. So at this time I was what, probably 20, I was in my early twenties, you know, and I didn't have a lot of experience, but I knew what I wanted to do. So I just started to call up friends say, Hey, you know, I want to start coaching. Give me your problems. Let me know what's going on. So I just started with family and friends. And, um, the more conversations I began to have with them, the more I started to get clear on, okay, these type of things, 
are not, you know, I don't want to do that type of thing. So like, for example, relationships, um, I had called one of my best friends at the time, Serena, and I said, Hey, um, let me, let me give you some, you know, guidance on your relationship issues. And then once we sat down at Starbucks and she was going into detail, I'm like, Oh, like I'm not in my head. I'm not doing that in front of her, but I'm like, I'm not doing this. And then I checked that off the list. So then yeah, then I was talking to another one of my family members, you know, they were having money problems and money blocks and things like that. So I sat down with her. I said, let's lay everything out. Let's see what's going on. Let me help you, you know, overcome these money blocks and figure out how you can make more. Uh, and so we worked through that. And then after that, I said, you know what? Nope, this isn't what I want to do. So um, I think just naturally, as I started my business, I wanted to work with people more along the lines of someone who desired to start a business, who was super ambitious, high achieving, um, you know, had a vision for making a difference in the form of a business. And so that's where I kind of, um, when I started actually mapping out my ideal customer, I noticed that she was a lot like me, someone who believed in um, living a fabulous life, making a difference, starting a business, have, you know, someone who was really driven by making an impact, serving others. And then that's when I said, you know what, I kind of want to work with someone who um, is in business. And that's where I was able to sort of narrow things down, but only through experience. You know, I wish I would have known, you know, the type of person I wanted to work with from the beginning, but you know, it's all about ex, um, being curious, experimenting, testing. And at the end of the day, that's what business is all about, right? Figuring out what works for you, your audience and things like that. So it was pretty messy, but um, through that experience, I was able to nail down, this is exactly who I want to work with and who I want to serve. And I love that because that's what like you said, like through these experiences of trial and error, and there's no failure, failure is feedback. Right. You recognize, okay, this is what I like, this is what I don't like, and gather the information. And then, like you said, that's when you could gain the clarity of, I love business and I love, you know, working with people that are already ambitious and driven and it's per and it's perfect. Cause then that's where your passion desire is. And it doesn't even probably even feel like work. Right. Right. It working with people always feels like I'm working with a friend because I've done so much work on figuring out who my ideal customer is, what she's feeling, where she's at, what she needs. And um, that, that's how you know you've really uh, found your sweet spot in business when it feels effortless, it feels um, really good, you know, when you're working with the right people. And it's not, a, it's not all roses and rainbows, I can tell you that for sure, because running a business in general is very challenging and there's ups and downs and emotional roller coasters. But when it comes to the type of people you're working with, that can make a huge difference in, um, in you know, building a business that you love. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. And I learned a long time ago. I mean, you know, being in business for 22 plus years, you know, in the beginning, I would just work with anyone when I had the staff, you know, I still have the staffing. So when I just work with anyone, I'm like, yeah, no, this is not fun. I don't enjoy this. And just kind of refining, you know, what, what behavior I would accept, who I want to work with. And then it changed and I started to really enjoy things. And I didn't realize, cause you know, they tell you, you have to do this. I didn't realize that, no, I can create a business the way I want based on the way I want things to be. I don't have to follow, you know, another person's formula. We can create business the way we choose. Oh, I love the fact that you brought up the formula um, because there are a lot of cookie cutter plans, a lot of 
you know, blueprints for a booming business. Right. Um, and um, a lot of times we, when we're starting a business, we can look at them and say, okay, this is the model for success. And we think that if we copy their model or we, um, you know, just take their strategies blindly and implement that, we're going to also achieve the same level of success. But um, when we're able to figure out how we're unique and how we can add a different flavor to maybe things that are already working, right? Mm-hmm. And um, really designing our business around who we are, our strengths, our talents, our knowledge, um, our life story, right? Our experiences and how we can really blend that together to truly create a business that is in alignment. It always comes back to alignment, right? Yes, it's all about alignment. It really is. And you know, when I first started 22 years ago, it was like the 10 X, you know, you got to call a hundred people and, and grind and, you know, work 24 hours a day. And in the beginning I did that and it was a fucking burnout. And then I said, you know, I need to step back because I was uncomfortable doing sales, although I was in sales. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I will not be successful if I do it this way. So I stepped back and I said, I'm going to do it my way. And my way was, I'm going to run my own race. I'm not going to even look at the competition. And I love building relationships. So I'm going to focus on building the relationships, providing value and being sincere. And that's what I'm going to do. And that's how I grew my business. Like I I, I got everything else out of my head, got in alignment with, because I loved people and loved helping them. And, you know, 22 years later, it, it, you know, it was, there was not one year that we weren't successful because it came from the heart and I was in alignment. Mm -hmm. And I still, I'm still doing that in coaching. Although don't get me wrong. I go into comparison mode when I see all those coaches, like having $275,000 launches in that month and like, okay, hold on, come back to alignment, come back to grace. Do you girl? Yeah. Center. Oh, wow. I think we can have a whole conversation on comparisonitis. Oh my goodness. We can talk like probably for the next hour about that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm. So business is challenging, you know, as you know, so what was one of your greatest, you know, challenges in business and and how did you overcome it? Oh, that's a really good question. Challenge in business. I would say from the beginning, I stepped into this with optimism And, um, which I think is going to be a common theme of our conversation here, but I I walked into business optimistic. And the reason why I stepped into business optimistic is because I was looking at other people in my industry, seeing the amount of success that they had, how they were getting clients left and right. And like you mentioned, six figure launches and, um, oh my goodness, she's on this podcast and she's, you know, got a Ted talk going and she's writing a book and, everyone made it look so easy. Mm-hmm. So when I stepped into it, you know, I'm a researcher. So I like to research, okay, what is it going to take for me to be successful at this? What type of systems do I need to learn to be able to create a successful online coaching business? And um, who do I have to become to be the person I envision? So these were, you know, some questions that I um, had been asking myself and then also doing research. So I would say one of the biggest challenge challenges for me um, came when I was just starting and not seeing success in my business for years, 
not making money, not getting clients, um, giving a lot of information for free, but not offering people a way to work for me or not being able to um, package my services in a way that, you know, was like a must have. So um, I spent a lot of time buying courses, um, joining masterminds, uh, buying books, you know, doing everything I can to make it work. But um, it may come back a little bit to an alignment piece, but basically looking at everyone else what they were doing and just thinking that it was going to work. And it turned out that that's not the way you build the business um, by looking at other people's marketing and copy. You have to get very clear on who your audience is, doing your research, having conversations with people um, who you would feel, who you would um, think would be your ideal customer and getting their language. So there's just some fundamental things that I was lacking in my business um, early on and um, that caused me to struggle for very, very, very long. Um, I had fun when, you know, helping people for free doing sessions, but just when the money wasn't coming in consistently, it was like, hmm, something's going to need to change. And um, it was it was definitely um, disappointing, you know, when I looked at it at the three mark, at three year mark and said, you know what, I'm not where I should be. So that was a challenge. I came in optimistic, like, yeah, I'm going to rock this thing. And it's like three years later, I'm like, I'm missing something. So, and so, and, and at that three year mark, what was the pivot? What was the shift that helped you kind of just go? I would say the, the shift or the pivot was when I realized that I had to stop um, looking at what other people, what other people were doing and what they were offering and I had to then get deep into who I wanted to serve, how I wanted to serve them and going to those people, that target market and asking them, what is it that you want to learn? What is it that you need? And what are you looking for? And when I started to pay very close attention to the language they were using, how they were describing their problems, what their dreams were, their fears, their hopes. Um, the mindset blocks. Once I got clear on that, I was able to take that exact language and use it in my marketing. And then from there, everything started to land land for me. I think that was a big piece that I was uh, missing because although I'm heart-centered, I love what I do, I was missing that fundamental piece. So I would say that shift for me once I was able to specifically talk to a specific type of person who I wanted to serve. And yes, and, and sometimes it takes time for us to get clarity on that. And also I feel like sometimes it changes. Do you notice that for you, like over the years, your ideal customer changed? Or has Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's another thing that is, you know, a little challenging again in business for me, someone who is usually very clear on exactly what I want, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just to not be so attached to what you're doing in the moment and be open to the different experiences and the insights that you have so that you can pivot your business along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, through experience, if I started to work with someone and I thought, you know what? I don't really like to work with people who are just, just starting. Mm -hmm. And so that was something that I realized. It's like, okay, no, I work best with people who already have a little something going they're passionate about what they do, but they just need someone to help them conceptualize, implement, you know, increase income. So yeah, it definitely wasn't the same. And it changed so constantly. That made me sick also, because it's just like, ugh, I'm not able to nail it down. Um, and, and do you 
think that because it's all constantly changing do you think that we'd ever be able to nail it down or is it constantly kind of just going with the flow being fluid i would say being fluid because as we grow as human beings as we experience things um our business also grows and changes and it, it changes so again it's all about the alignment piece if you're growing if you're learning if you're having life experiences that you know are changing you, but your business and who you're serving is just so constant, then, you know, you're not able to build a business around or actually build a business in alignment with who you are. Now, maybe it's the same type of person, but maybe, you know, you're adding a little, you know, different elements that make them unique, or um, maybe, I don't know, maybe you want to just change just like a, a small, small change. That's fine. But I would just say we always want to keep an open mind as far as who we're serving and not get too attached. And if you do find out that, you know what, I like this person. Um, this is who I want to serve. It may not change, maybe just subtly. Mm -hmm. And I like, I like how you said, like, not be attached. Mm. I feel like sometimes when we're so attached to an outcome or to a plan, it puts us in a place of resistance and control. I'm also a recovering control freak. <laughs> and so that's what I've had to learn as well. It's like, okay, Grace, yes, this is the plan. Um, I'm learning not to be attached to it and open to different possibilities because sometimes I feel like the universe has a completely different plan in mind than I do. Mm -hmm. And that's been, that's been um, initially it was a challenge. Now I'm like, okay, bring it on. Like what's next? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a big part of that is being open to the possibility. Yes. Right. I always tell myself that I want this or better. So that way I'm not sort of closing something off that could be right for me, but you know, just like with anything in life, right. If we focus on one specific thing and sort of like ignore everything else, um, when you have that tunnel vision, you're not able to see ways that you can grow, that you can change or have a shift in perspective. So um, I definitely always challenge people to know what you want, have a, have clarity in what that is, but also keep that open mind. So you have, you know, you let you open the floodgates and allow things to come in and have a little influence in your life and your business. Yes. And, and just again, like you said, being open to the possibilities and like relinquishing that control it doesn't mean not taking action. It's just not being attached to the outcome. And I have a new um, phrase, easing grace, doing things with easing grace, because I've always been like a hustler and a grinder. And that hasn't been easy to release that. So do you find that you're, you know, in that hustle mentality, or do you find that you're kind of taking action with inspiration and ease? You know what, that's an amazing question. This is gonna further speak to how your ideal customer has changed. So, when I first um, started, I was working really hard and then I experienced burnout. I wasn't living fabulous. I also wasn't making the amount of money that I wanted to make. And my lifestyle was just, you know what I mean? Because I was just working so hard. And once I experienced that burnout, what do you think happened? Now I'm excited about helping other people in burnout get out of that and start living fabulous again yes. and putting their vision first in their family, in their health and what's important to them. And um, once I sacrificed my health, happiness and sanity because I was trying to grow my business, I said, no, this is who I wanna help now. So that was a little bit of a pivot and a change where I got you know really specific. 
now that I'm out of that, some of my language in my own business um, has shifted from not just focused on burnout, but um, that's like now a, a message that's underneath it all, right? So that's a good example of how we experience something and then things shift. Um, I would say now I've done um, a better job of creating boundaries in my life and really putting my um, health first, my uh, relationship first, and other things that are important to me beyond my business, because there's more to life than, than just the work that we do. It's a big part of our life, but there's more to life than our businesses. And that um, has helped me shift some things in, in my business so that I hopefully never um, experience that type of burnout again, because once you're burned out, you're just, you're toast and it can take you months to get back on track or at least approach your work with that energy and full, you know, show up as your 100% authentic um, self. So uh, yeah, you're hundred percent correct because I experienced several burnouts, you know, prior to, um, I mean, I've always been into self-development and self-awareness, but it wasn't until I got into coaching and got, started to get certified that I learned like, oh my gosh, you know, this, I'm creating this burnout. And that's when same thing, once I got through the burnout and I started, you know, I'm um, living my best life is like, I never want anyone to live in burnout or get to burnout. Like I want to teach you how to avoid it. And I'm passionate about it because you're right. Like once you go into that burnout stage, it takes months. And then when you're in a burnout stage, you're actually in a fight or flight stage for probably months before you get to the burnout. Mm -hmm. And it, it takes a, so much time to recover. And when we're in burnout, it affects our business. Our business and our person, you know, personal life and business are not separate. They're like this. And, you know, when I'm, when I have shit going on in my personal life, my business is affected. So I, I, I and let me know if this resonates. So when I started to heal myself and get, you know, um, and I clear my blocks and clear my trauma, I noticed that my business got better because I was getting better. And then the clients started to come with, you know, come easier. It's not like I was sitting on my ass, you know, I was taking action, but it just all felt easier because I was taking care of me. Mm -hmm. I, I love the saying when it's, when, what's that saying where it says, you got to make sure your cup is full. Yes. And when your cup is full, what runs over is what you can give to everyone else. But we have to make sure that our cup is full. 100%. And until our cup is full, we're not able to give fully, give openly, give, you know, lovingly and all the other um, things that we want to be for the people who need us most, which it could be your family, it could be your clients, um, your partner. Um, so that's, that's something else that just came to mind as you were um, explaining that. So I absolutely resonate with that, that we have to take care of ourselves so that we can grow our business, so we can be there for our family, be there for ourselves, and just show up 100% in anything that we do. Absolutely. And I know maybe um, for us women, sometimes we have this, um, or we're conditioned to believe if we take care of ourselves, we're selfish. And it's actually, well, it's selfful. You know, I learned that from my colleague, Tiffany. She said, you know, it's selfful when we take care of ourselves, because as you said, when we're filling our cup, then we have more to give. So we would never let our phone run out of the battery, girl, right? Like we're charging. Right, never. <laughs> so we got to charge ourselves. Right. 
I love that. Uh, we got to charge ourselves. And I know we, you know, connected before this podcast and you had mentioned that recently you had gone, you know, through a health scare. And if you're open, you know, if you want to share with us, you know, what happened and kind of tell us a little bit about that, where it led you. Absolutely. Oh, oh my goodness. And I, I knew we were going to go here and I'm thinking, okay, where am I going to start? Because this experience was so traumatic, Grace that it really knocked me off my game. It um, really changed my life. So I can, um, hopefully I don't go too many, too much detail, but. You're fine, girl. We can say whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it all, um, it all started back in, let's see, it was uh, maybe March, March of 2019, actually. I started to feel some like sharp pain in my rib area. And, you know, I don't remember where I was in my house, but I just kind of remember it was like, ah, like that's, that's kind of weird. You know, that feels strange. And then I just ignored it. You know, I was in the middle of a launch. So, you know, when you're in launch mode, there's Facebook ads, there's, you know, you've got people on your team. Um, you're not getting much sleep. You're, you're really working yourself to death during that time. So I, I didn't really pay close attention to it. And I kind of felt it on and off throughout that month. And um, so it was something that was kind of operating in the background, but it just wasn't fully in my awareness because I was so freaking busy um, with a launch. Mm -hmm. And um, every year around um, my partner and I, his name's Ray. So we have our anniversary, April 28th, and we always make time to go away somewhere new. Um, and in 2019, it was actually Santa Barbara. So since things were so busy, you know, we didn't want to go too far. So we said, you know what? beach town, Santa Barbara, let's get away, take a break from the launch and just enjoy each other's company. It was sort of going to be a reset for me just to kind of get centered and take a break and just enjoy quality time. So while we were in Santa Barbara, I said, you know what, Ray, I've been meaning to tell you something. I've been so damn busy. Um, it slipped my mind, but you know, I've been having some pain, you know, in my, um, in my rib area and it's been bothering me. And so his response was, you know, well, you need, if that keeps bothering you, you definitely need to get, get it checked out. And I'm like, sure. You know, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. I don't have time for that. Who has time? Who has time for that? You know, it's, it wasn't affecting me too much, but I just wanted to let him know because, because it came up, came to mind. And so we enjoyed our trip. It was, it was gorgeous. Um, and I, we had an amazing time. And then as it goes, you go back to the grind, right? And then months had went by and it wasn't bothering me. I didn't feel anything. And I was just continuing to work with clients and work in my business. And just, it was an afterthought until I went on another trip. So it was, I'll never forget the day. It was um, June 26th. It was my aunt Levon's birthday. She lives in Napa. Um, so beautiful out there. Have you been to Napa? Oh yeah. It's stunning. It's, it's my gorgeous. There too, Auntie Kay. Oh, Okay. So I went to Napa for her birthday and, um, she's like, you know, let's go to the movies. She's my aunt Levon is like, she is such a go-getter. She like moves really quick. I love her energy. So anytime I'm down there, she's like, let's go wine tasting. Let's go to the movies. Let's go, you know, downtown let's do this. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, she needs to slow down, but whatever. <laughs> so she dragged me to the movies on her birthday. And, um, we were sitting in, in the movie theater and we were watching men in black international. So I was sitting there and I'm just enjoying the movie. You know, I've got my red vines there. I've got my butter popcorn, all the snacks you could ever want. 
and I'm just snacking, watching the movie. And then that's when I noticed that pain again. And this time it was so intense grace that, um, I almost wanted to cry in the, in the movie theater. And it was, it was very distracting. And then to the point to where I pulled out my phone and I just immediately started texting Ray. And so, you know, if you've been to the movie theaters, everyone's been to a movie theater, but when you have someone in the movie theater with their phone out, that's annoying. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like bright illuminating light. But also for you, you know, being who you are and just kind of, you know, I'm going to go, go, go. I'm, I'm sucking it up. It's like, if you'd pulled out your phone in the movie theater, like you knew something was off. Yeah. That, that was, that's when I was like, whoa, this, this is serious. So I pulled out my phone and I had remember, I remember texting Ray, Ray, something's wrong. I'm feeling a lot of pain and it feels like something is like spreading in my chest. It was like this weird pins and needle warm sensation. Mm. And, um, yeah, I just, I just felt really, really sick at that time. And he said, relax, like, you know, if you need go out of the movie theater and I'm just like, okay, I'll, I just wanted to let him know. And then, so from there, I started to feel it in my chest, like, cause I was kind of trying to ease the pain a little bit. And at this point I was completely checked out of the movie because my mind was just like, what's, what's going on here. And I was, as I was feeling there and kind of trying to relieve some of that pain, that's when I felt a lump. And when I felt it, it was like underneath my breast a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where I felt it. it was like in my rib area, but like definitely underneath my breast. At the time, I thought it was in my breast. So I kind of felt something. And when I felt the lump, I, I was completely checked out. I was just like, whoa, what is this? This is scary as hell. Um, and from there, for my whole trip, my mood was different. I, of course, tried to, you know, be my you know, cheerful, enthusiastic self, but I, I had changed from that, that point because I was so concerned about what that was there. So that was like a pivotal moment for me. And do you think that was kind of like spirit finally coming to say like, Hey, pay attention. Yeah. You're paying attention. Right. That was like this wake up, you know, wake up. So I had to actually feel something like physical inside of me for me to put more aware awareness on my health. So that was the moment that I was just like, oh, I got to go to the doctor um, next week. And even with that thought, Grace, I was just like, where am I going to find the time for that? Mm. You know what so I mean? Still, like, you still had the business in mind. Putting business in is, yes. Business is always first. That's, that's kind of the, how I just run. You know what I mean? That's of course changed now since I've had this health situation, but yeah, back then it was just like, I don't, to spend an hour and a half at the doctor, you know, like my yeah. schedule was so packed, you know, and I relate to that. I mean, that was me. I'm like, yeah, no, I mean, I can't go to the doctor. Like I have the, the business who's going to take care of the business. Who's going to, you know, generate what I'm generating. Right. Right. Um, and then from there, the very next week, I found myself in my doctor's office and, um, you know, they felt it and said, you know, this is something. And I said, okay, well, what's next? Um, they said, well, you know, we are going to need you to get some x-rays. We'll get you an x-ray. We'll get you a um, ultrasound and we'll see what happens. Well, I went for my ultrasound and my x-ray and I handled that. And even when, while they were, you know, doing the ultrasound, I'm like, what do you see? You know, what does it look like? And they're like, don't even try. We can't tell you anything. We can't interpret the results. So I'm like, you know, dang it. 
but it's, um, uncertainty. it's the uncertainty that kind of starts right. racing in our mind. Then we start creating stories. Mm-hmm. Oh, more on that, more on the story part. Um, and then it was time. So a couple of days had went by and, um, you know, I tried to keep it cool. I knew there was something there. I let my mother know, you know, people close to me, Hey, this is something I'm getting it checked out. But for the most part, I was my, I'm, I'm cool. You know, I'm not going to worry. We're going to see what the test results, you know, say. So then it was time for my, um, my results. And my mom was offering to go with me and I'm like, mom, it's okay. You've got work. Don't worry about it. I got this. And so I ended up going by myself, you know, to get the result. And, um, the, the message was, this is strange. You know, you've got a tumor here. It's 4.2 and it's pretty, it's pretty large. And we don't really know what it is. And I said, okay. So she said, you know, it needs to be biopsied. I'm like, okay, fine. I kind of already knew that that would be the next step if they didn't know. And then what happened next is what changed everything for me, Grace. So she looked at me and I was sitting down and she was, you know, standing over me. And then she looked down at me and she said, um, you know, Noelle, um, I just have to know, um, do you have a, a family history of breast cancer like that? And I was like, no, I, I mean, are, is this, is it what it looks like? She's like, I don't want to, you know, lead you to believe that that's it, but, um, we definitely want to get it checked out. But if you could have seen her composure, Grace, it, for her to say it, you know, I'm yeah, thinking, right? that, yeah, I'm thinking that yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, well, I'm going to, yeah, I'm thinking that's what it is. And she can't officially tell me that that's what it is because of course you need a biopsy. So right. from there, um, I don't know how I did it, Grace, but I was just like, okay, okay, well, you know, thank you so much. I'll go ahead and I'll set up that appointment. And I just kept my cool and tried. I think I was even smiling at the end, like, you know, thank you so much. I appreciate your time, blah, blah. And I just walked to my car and I got in there and I just started to bawl my eyes out. I was just like, oh my God, if this is breast cancer, it could be stage four by now. And who knows how long I have to live. It's all those thoughts, mm-hmm. all those thoughts came flooding in. I just cried my way home. And I remember walking up the stairs, opening my door. And I just, my mascara was all over my face. And, um, Ray was just like, Oh my goodness, what happened? And he just held me and it just, mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Even just thinking about it, I get so emotional. Um, and then from there, that's when the worry, the worry was just every day until, um, I ultimately got it, um, biopsied in December, but that, that was the trigger right there. It was when I thought that I could have breast cancer based off the doc- doctor's statement. Mm-hmm. And so in those moments, cause you had several days between the time they, she looked at you that way. And then you had to get the biopsy and you had to get through those days. I, I'm sure it was very scary and you were worried, but what, what helped you kind of get through those days? Like what helped you get through those days? Oh my goodness. By far, it would be, um, Ray. He stepped in and really helped me get centered and, um, calm me down. My mother also, my family, really, my, my family was there for me. And if it wasn't for them and, and for them having that positive be, being that positive voice, I, I would have lost it. Um, so that was a big contributing factor for me there. 
support. Um, yeah, of course. And so I think my biopsy was about two weeks, two weeks after that. So a lot of tears, a lot of just being uncomfortable, a lot of unknown because I was thinking the worst. And that's something else I want to, I wanted to touch on is, you know, um, thinking the worst and, you know, living with the optimism. But at that point, it was two weeks in between time. Mm -hmm. And then when it came to me getting my biopsy, I was super nervous um, because I, I was going to be awake and that was just going to be weird, right? Like how, how am I going to be awake, awake during this? But then they did the biopsy and I remember looking at the, um, the technician that was there and I asked her, you know, does this look like breast cancer? And she said, um, this is a good question for you to ask the doctor when she comes back in. And so, um, she said, I'll, I'll ask, I'll ask for you. And so when the doctor came back in, she had mentioned, Hey, you know, Noel wants to know what your opinion is of, of her scan and, or what, what you're seeing. Um, and she said, well, I can tell you it's not breast cancer. So I was like, yes. Oh my goodness. I felt like, Oh my God. Yes. You know? Um, so she said, it's not that I don't know what it is. So then I felt I was on a high, right? Until I got my result for the biopsy. So the day I got my result, I was, I was, you know, walking into the door with my partner, my, my partner and I, we were linked arms. We were excited because we knew it wasn't breast cancer. Mm -hmm. Then the doctor comes in and says, all right, Noel, so we don't know what it is, but we're thinking that it could be on, on the lines of like a sarcoma. And I'm like, sarcoma, you know, oof, what is that? Well, it's a type of cancer that spreads extremely quickly and um, is very um, lethal. Um, and for it to be as big as it is, if it was that, then it would be really grim for me. Um, mm -hmm. So what he said is that, you know, uh, it's, it's too much for me to operate and to buy, take it out. Um, so I'm going to have to send you to, you know, UCSF and they're going to need to, um, take it out. And they're probably going to remove a lot of your, um, inside of your chest. So basically he used the word, they're going to clean you out. Mm. That's what he said. I'm going to, we're going to have to clean you out. Yes. And I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> you know, what is this going to look like? So from there, um, I don't remember when I had got that biopsy, um, but um, it was all about scheduling the surgery to get everything removed because they wanted to treat it as if it was cancerous. So that um, it's, it's called um, removing the margin. Okay. So since it could be a sarcoma, they wanted to remove a lot. So one thing I will say that there was a lot of time, my, my surgery was actually December um, November 21st, 2019. And I didn't get my result until December 19th, but in the months between the biopsy result and knowing that I had my surgery, that was a probably what, six months of time that I was thinking the worst case scenario about this being a sarcoma possibly. And who knows if I had maybe a year or two to live. So there was a lot of, um, oh my goodness, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, a lot of worry. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I couldn't, you know, have a conversation, a joyful conversation without thinking about my own mortality and um, what that would look like. Very hard time. And there were even some moments, um, Grace, I remember going to um, 
where was it? It was at Intel, I was speaking at an event and I don't know how I did it because my mind was just in a different place. I wasn't able to be present. Um, and so I was still trying to operate, but right? Should- still trying to operate. And so those things happen to us because, you know, there's always a lesson and there's always wisdom that comes out of it. And there's always, um, I mean, the body talks to us, you know, through the, through as, as, you know, terrible as this was, what do you believe the lesson in this was for you? Absolutely. Um, The lesson would be for me is that the, the power in asking um, a simple question, which is, what am I supposed to learn from this? Mm. And what that does, Grace, is it takes your mindset off of the crisis, the health scare, whatever that's going on in your life. It takes focus off of that, and then it turns it into a learning experience. Yeah. So what am I supposed to learn from this? And from there, once you look at your situation through that lens, you then start to experience that crisis with, um, with, with the mindset of what can you learn? What type of insights can you gain? How can you learn from this? How are you going to become a better person or more equipped to handle something similar, or if not worse in your life, you know, at a different life stage. So, um, that was the lesson in that. And then the second piece of that is once you are out of that, asking another question, which would be, um, how can I be of service Mm. to others who are either going through the same situation or similar situation? And how can I lend a hand based on my experience? So though that was the biggest lesson is just to not focus on the crisis, but, but look at it from a growth perspective so that I can become a better person and to serve others in a way that I didn't think was, you know, I never thought I would be going through a situation like this, but, um, to make that shift in mindset. And while you're going through it again, it's like, you still had to get up and were you still running your business? If so, like, how were you able to continue doing the business when you kind of were in this place of fear and disassociation? Mm -hmm. So a couple of things. So one would be that I made a point to be at peace with my priorities. So what what does that mean? So for me, it meant that it meant being okay with pushing things back. It meant being okay with canceling. It, It was being at peace with putting my health first. For the first time in my life, I was putting my health first. And when I was able to do that, it released a lot of guilt that I felt. And when I didn't have guilt running the show up here, I was then able to focus on my business and be present when I chose to focus on my business. And I showed up more fully because I was at peace with my priorities and I gave myself the freedom to put my health first. So that's the first thing. Um, The second thing would be, that um, for, you know, as far as me keep keeping things going, the second thing would be that I allowed myself to take a break, but I never stopped doing what I've always loved to do, which is helping people build their business, you know, doing work that they love. So if someone is going through a similar situation, you can take breaks, but never quit 
doing what you've always loved to do because when you're engaged in what you love to do, you will create a sense of fulfillment, excitement, even mm -hmm. if you're dealing with a very scary situation where, you know, you know, you're questioning whether you're going to be here in a year. If you just focus on that, on whatever it is that gives you life, you're going to be in a so much better place. Well, you just said it right there. Even though you're going through the scare, you weren't sure of what the outcome was. You made a conscious effort to be in a place of joy. And when we're in a place of joy, that raises our vibration. And when yes. our vibration is higher, we have the ability to shift the narrative and change the future. Absolutely, Grace. Oh my God, girl. I love, I love that you put it full circle like that. Love it. I mean, how incredible that, you know, again, it's like, it wasn't about doing the work because you had to at that moment. It was like, this fulfills me. It brings me joy. I'm creating an impact. It made you feel better. Yes. And it brought it, the health back to you. Yes. And another thing to note is this, what I was experiencing all of this when I still didn't know. And I'll share what that result is um, after my surgery. So in that time, I didn't know what was going on really. So again, I, I, it was still important for me to move my um, business forward and, and to still stay engaged with things that I loved. But after my surgery and after my healing time, it finally came to the day, Grace, where I was going to learn what this was and what my future was going to look like. So it was December 19th. Mm -hmm. It was during the holidays, which is usually a time of joy and excitement, you know, and I walked in there very afraid and very emotional and very um, uncomfortable. So my um, doctor kind of sat down with me. He said, okay, Noel, got your test backs. And it's not a sarcoma. It's actually the best case scenario. And it's a desmoid tumor that we consider benign and that has no possibility of spreading. And there it is. So I'm thinking six months of not knowing what the hell was gonna happen to me, what my future looked like. And now I finally, like, yes. And I will never forget the drive back home from San Francisco. It was just, I was at peace. Like I, I've never felt that calm before in my life. And um, through that experience, Grace, I, I, for, for people who are listening right now, um, I just want to share the power of living with optimism, mm -hmm. no matter what your situation is or how grim it looks, live with that optimism and not live in that worst case scenario, because that's a lot of times, Grace, that's where I was, but see, I had a partner who was there for me to help, help me look at, um, the, the, what things could be. So while I was, you know, in the worst case, he was like, but it could be this. Yes. And so we often don't have some, most, not everyone has, you know, people in their life to help them bring that optimism, but it's not their responsibility. It's our responsibility to build habits, to live into, um, experience life through a lens of optimism. And the way that you can do that is to work on your mindset. So understanding how to overcome fear or understanding how to deal with anxiety and spend more time on the best case scenario 
and not the worst case. Yes. I, I believe that 1000%. And I'm so happy that you're sharing the story with our audience because I feel like so many of and naturally so we go straight to the fear story. We don't even have all of the information because in those six months, you didn't even have all of the information. However, we automatically, and naturally so, we go to the fear story. And the fact that we can tell our audience, like we have a choice, we can choose a different story because we don't have all the facts. And if we focus on the sto- this story instead of this story, yeah. we can't, I do believe we can make that, we can change things. So I, I thank you so much. I mean, that was a beautiful story and I'm so appreciate you being vulnerable and, and sharing that. I think you're amazing. And I love watching you and receiving your blogs. And can you please tell our audience where they can find you, your amazing self? Absolutely. Thank you, Grace. And it's been such an honor to sit down and talk with you. And I also love your energy and who you are in the, and you're just, you know, 100% fabulous. So um, thank you so much for having me. So if you want to connect with me, you can go to noellebloom.com. I've got a lot of free resources, a lot of blog content where you can check out all things, you know, business and lifestyle Um, So you can definitely, um, you know, find me there. And and if you feel called to share something with me, maybe you've got an insight from something I've said, or maybe you're going through a similar experience. Um, If you want to connect, you can always send me a message at noelle at noellebloom.com and um, I'll connect with you from there. Yeah, I love it. And I think, Noelle, we're going to be doing um, a few more episodes together. (laughs) Oh, yeah, there's there's so much we can talk about. Oh yeah, we I I think when we when we get together, we we can just keep rolling because there's so many things that need to um that that we need to have more conversations about just being open and yeah. sharing, you know, what it's like to run a business or even beyond business, right? Whether you run a business or not, we yeah. all have a collective experience here and there's things that happen that knock us off our game, whether it's a health scare or a breakup or, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, the fact that you have this platform where you are, you know, finding people um, that, you know, close friends that can help or people from your community and to build the platform for us to share our story. So I definitely appreciate the work you're doing, Grace. And it was such an honor to connect with you today. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And that's really what it's about. Just, you know, us to show up having real conversations and being vulnerable, you know, and just showing like, we're all human. We're all in this together. We, you might feel this way, not realize enough, you know, I feel this way. You might not realize what I'm trying to, what am I trying to say? Like to relay, it's like, okay, I feel that way too, you know? Um, because so oftentimes like we show up like, you know, so perfect and no one's perfect no one's perfect. So we're, we're all in this together. So yeah, I'll def- we'll definitely have you on again. Thank you so much. And thank you guys so much for being here with us today. And um, we'll also put the information of where to find Noelle um, in the show notes. And if you have any questions or would like to reach Noelle, you can reach out to me and I can also direct you to her. Have a fabulous rest of your day. And thank you so much for being here with us. Take care. Bye everyone. Hey love, thank you so much for listening today. I am so grateful for you. I'd like to show you my appreciation by gifting you a free forgiveness self-hypnosis audio download. Part of living the fun and fabulous life is practicing forgiveness. Forgiveness can be such a long and challenging process. 
My intention is that this forgiveness audio will help you in practicing forgiveness, especially with yourself. Grab it by visiting daretoachieve.com backslash forgiveness. For more inspiring tips, make sure to connect with me on social media. Drop me a line on Facebook or Instagram at Grace Redmond Dare to Achieve. Until next time, keep moving forward towards living your fabulous life.